The Cougars are back. Hand off Squally. Squally runs it right, gets to the five. He's got the pylon. He's got the touchdown. Oh, Canada! We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Timing pattern. End zone. It is caught by Bushman. Back. Left pylon. Touchdown, Cougars. This is Cougar Pregame Live. Cougar Pregame Live is proudly supported by Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. Also by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. To get you ready for today's battle on the gridiron, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. Tonight, it is the home opener at Lavelle Edwards Stadium as your BYU Cougars face the California Golden Bears. The Cougars coming off an impressive and exciting season opening win last Saturday night in Tucson. They defeated the Arizona Wildcats 28-23 to to begin the season 1-0. Everybody is excited. They are ready to see this team at home tonight. My name is Jason Shepard. As always, I am joined by the legend, Mark Lyons. Mark, how are you? I'm great, you know, and Tucson was a great trip. You know, uh, all in all, uh, the food was good. Uh, it was a, a nice day. And then the football game just capped it off because it was so fun and exciting to see the players having fun and be excited. Yeah, that was one of those things with such a long off season, So many unknowns just in general with a first game of the year. For the offense to be able to come out, find its stride specifically in the third quarter to score 21 points, but the defense to play as well as they did against uh, Khalil Tate, all in all, a very good way to begin the 2018 season. But I was glad to get home and in my own bed, and there's nothing like being at home. And so tonight, uh, kick off the season here in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yeah, and I'm just as excited to see what's going to go on. Yeah, it is gorgeous. We are here in the press box at Lavelle Edwards Stadium looking out on the field, looking at the mountains. It is gorgeous. People are in for a treat tonight. If you're heading down, don't forget to wear white. It is a whiteout here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. All right, Mark, let's get to today's game headlines as the Cougars face the Bears. Let's do it. These are your BYU football headlines. Headline number one. BYU is looking to begin the 2018 season 2-0 after last week's season opening win at Arizona. This is an interesting stat, and I have to give credit to Spencer Linton, uh, my uh, co-worker and office mate at BYU TV. He did the research, and BYU in the last 40 years has opened the season 2-0 against Pac-12 teams. So when the first two games are against Pac-12 yeah. teams, he has opened this, BYU has opened the season 2-0 twice in the last 40 yeah. years. You want to know the last time it happened? It was a certain year, uh, 1984. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, I'm not saying anything. I'm not trying to lead us down that road. I'm just saying <laughs> this is a big deal if BYU can go 2-0. Or Pete. Yes, P5. Excuse me, not Pac-12. P5, yes. P5. Oh, there we go. Okay. Well, uh, 1984, so that's a nice setup. But uh, only two times. That's pretty remarkable. This would be the first time for Coach Sataki. Uh, it's a pretty small uh, you know, evaluation period, this being his third season. But uh, he, uh, twice now, they've won the first game and lost the second, which is kind of a challenge. It helps so much to win that first game. It helps build the confidence of the team. And then winning the second game, when you win the two, it really helps build up the idea that you're going to have a, a good season. And a lot of people coming in this game were probably hoping for a split. 
But when you win the first one and you're hoping for a split, you really get greedy in a hurry <laughs> and you want to go 2-0. and And I'm included in that group. You know, what about you? There will certainly be uh, a lot of people uh, expecting 2-0. And quite frankly, I'm not sure uh, that there's anything wrong with that. Headline number two. Tonight is the home opener, as we discussed here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The phrase being mentioned by head coach Kalani Satake and the players is protect Lavelle's house. That means a lot, uh, Mark, especially last year with this team going 2-4 and four at home. To be able to reestablish the dominance here in Provo, that's a big deal, and it starts tonight. That's right. You know, in the 65 years of teams playing here in the Lavelle Edwards Stadium, formerly known as Cougar Stadium, there's only been four losing home records. And uh, that's pretty remarkable. So, yeah, people expect home wins. And if you can go 2-0 and against the Pac-12 teams to open the season, you should be able to do well against other teams. You know, it's a tough schedule. There have been a lot of tough schedules. But uh, when you had uh, last year, you had Wisconsin and Utah and Boise State. You know, those, those make it a challenge to be able to do so this year with Cal, McNeese State, Utah State, Hawaii, Northern Illinois, and New Mexico State. You should be looking forward to you beat a Cal team tonight. You should be able to have a winning record here at home. Headline number three. The Cal Bears have not named a starting quarterback for tonight's game. That decision expected to be made right before kickoff. And playing all three guys, that being Ross Bowers, Chase Garbers, and Brandon McElwain, is an option. Curious to see who the BYU defense will be facing the majority of the night at QB, Mark. Yeah, I I agree. And Ross Bowers started, uh, I think it was eight games last year. And so he's the returning starter. He's a junior, and he threw for 3,039 yards last year. So pretty good, 59% completion ratio. He had 18 TDs and 12 picks. So you can see he was the leading yard getter, averaging 253 yards a game of all Pac-12 quarterbacks returning. And so you could see why he's kind of got the early nod to be the starter. But uh, the guy that they like also is Chase Gardner's. He's a redshirt freshman, and uh, last week he was 7 for 13 for 54 yards, not that much, but he rushed 10 times for 50 yards. So he's a little more of an athlete to run the football. And uh, Brandon McElwain, Brandon McElwain, he only was one for two uh, for nine yards throwing the football, and he ran three times for 26. So I, I do think that Bowers, who lost seven yards getting sacked, he's not much of a runner. He wants to throw the football. The other two guys are a little more athletic, create a little more problems. So when you have all three of them, you prepare for probably two with the idea that uh, uh, Bowers is going to sit in the pocket and then uh, Gardner Garters is going to probably – Run the football. Well, and here's the interesting thing. Regardless of who is at, uh, who's taking the snaps for the Bears tonight, it's probably going to come down to, speaking of the Cal Bears offense, to Patrick Laird. He's going to be the one yeah. that's, uh, that's going to help them. He's their, their running back who is a really good running back. We'll, we'll get into more on Patrick Laird coming up. Finally, headline, headline number four. The BYU offense looking to clean up some mistakes and build off of last week's 28 point performance. I know there were some false starts, some procedure penalties that uh, Coach Grimes was not pleased with, but overall a pretty good debut for this brand new offensive scheme, Mark. Yeah, you know, they were so good in the third quarter. 
that it almost creates a, a ceiling that you want to expect from them every time. Uh, they had three drives in the third quarter, and they scored three touchdowns. And the defense allowed zero points. So the third quarter was really solid. Uh, I thought that uh, Coach Grimes did an excellent job of calling plays in the third quarter. It was great. They had one false start penalty. Now, that's the place that I think that uh, is a little concerned. They had three false starts. They had a hold. The hold, you know, was necessary. So offensively, pretty clean, not bad. The defense has to get away from those pass interference calls. Uh, so I, I think that uh, that third quarter was near perfection. 21 points. That was a fun quarter. The offense was clicking, and I know they're hoping uh, that they can see that type of performance once this game kicks off here in Provo. Coming up, we will hear from head coach Kalani Satake, linebacker Butch Pau, and defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki in Cougar Cuts. But next, we will get to know the foe as we talk with the play-by-play voice of the Cal Bears, Joe Starkey. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It is the home opener for the BYU Cougars hosting the Bears of California. Welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live. It's time to get to know the foe. We are happy to be joined by the longtime voice of the Cal Bears, Joe Starkey. Joe, thanks for taking a few minutes. Hey, it's great. Uh, um, I haven't been here in a long time, and I'm always amazed at how beautiful it is. You know, you got the mountains, you got the beautiful facilities. It's a great place to visit. It's my understanding that you got the VIP treatment from Tom Homo, somebody that you go back uh, a long ways with. He, you got to the VIP treatment and go around campus today. Yeah, it was, it was terrific. He gave me uh, every place that I could possibly get in. In fact, a couple of places he didn't <laughs> have keys for. So, uh, but we worked it out, and I'll Tom Goy back to the days when uh, I was the 49er broadcaster and he played for him. And then, of course, uh, he ended up as the Cal head coach for a while, and I was a broadcaster there. And so we've been pals for a very, very long time, and I have the highest regard for him, and I'm delighted to see he's doing so well here. What are your overall impressions of this Cal team after one game? I realize that may be somewhat difficult for anybody to talk about a team after one game, but what's just your overall impressions? Uh, Confusion. I'm really lost on where they are because uh, they controlled North Carolina for three quarters, kind of let down in the fourth quarter, let North Carolina back. But North Carolina looked awful today, so they're obviously not very good. And and also we used three quarterbacks last week. So I don't think uh, Wilcox himself has made up his mind on who it's going to be, so I would not be surprised if you see all three of them again tonight. Uh, We have issues on defense because of injuries. And so that's an unproven area. And our running backs are not as deep as they've been in recent years. And we have a great starter in Pat, Pat Laird. But they don't have the uh, kind of depth there or at receiver core that they've had. But they are, nonetheless, they've got enough good players that they could have a good season. I mean, they could have a winning season. So who knows? Yeah, that's a that's a How's good that cover thank, it? Yeah, <laughs> thanks a lot for coming in. <laughs> you know, both BYU and Cal had uh, pretty tough seasons last year. And uh, what has been the attitude out there from the fans and the administration and uh, everybody involved, the team, the players, has it been exciting to get this new start again for this year or has it been a challenge for people to get behind them? I think that there's a, a real sea change going on with the entire program because they have brought in a uh, um, 
a chancellor, Judith Christ, who says, we want our sports to work. We want it to be successful. She even took money from the public funds of the university to get the Cal sports programs out of hock. Give wow. you an idea. Okay? Yeah. And now we've got an athletic director you guys probably know well because he's fairly nearby and you probably played him a few times, uh, Air Force. Yeah. Okay. And he looks like uh, he's the, really a good guy for this. Wilcox, uh, great history. You know, his dad was an NFL Hall of Famer with the 49ers. Uh, Wilcox played, uh, coached at Cal as an assistant, and that's really important. Because at Berkeley, the more you know, the safer it is to take the job. You know, it's, a, it's got issues that very, a lot of schools don't have because of academics and issues of uh, some of the faculty saying, why don't we just play Harvard and Yale, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. So you've got to deal with that. But I see a change coming, and let's hope it works. You mentioned the fact that uh, there's still uncertainty around the Cal quarterback situation. No starter has been named as of yet, even if one is, and one will be, obviously. All three will still probably play tonight. How concerning is it that one of these three guys hasn't separated themselves at this point? Well, I, uh, he may be just uh, trying to con us, but the coach says, uh, I'm not worried about it because I think that uh, without a doubt that particularly the guys who are sort of normal quarterbacks, and that means Bowers and Garbers, are, are both pretty good. They both have their moments where they look great. They both have their moments where there's an open receiver and you're like, well, where was he throwing it? Uh, McIlwain is much more of a situation quarterback. He, he reminds me of, of guys that are used in special circumstances to run the ball, uh, to uh, give the defense a thought that, oh, if he's coming in, he's probably going to run. But he can throw a little bit too. So he's a change of pace guy. The other two are the ones battling it out for the starter role, I think. Well, the running game, though, you have a, a guy that's pretty interesting and in that he's a walk-on and is now all of a sudden a terrific player. He does great things in the community. I think everybody oh, yeah. rallies around him. Tell us about Laird. Laird is a great story because uh, nobody thought anything about him at all, and yet it was strange because two years ago, near the end of the season, uh, things weren't going well, and so he got a chance to play. And I can remember saying to my partner, Mike Pulowski, I said, I'm telling you, that guy's a sleeper. That kid has got something special, even though they hardly used him in the last couple of weeks of the season. And then last year, boom, he just emerged. He's the real deal. He's a very good runner. He's had over 1,000 yards last year. The only concern I have, as I said, is I don't. we don't have much depth right now at, at the running back core. And so if he's got to be every down and every, like last week, he had virtually every carry. Oh. There was like one other guy who carried the ball at all. So that could be a concern. But he himself is a talent, no doubt about it. Talking with the play-by-play voice of the Cal Bears, Joe Starkey, here on Cougar Pregame Live. Every time you talk, Joe, I, I'm hearing 49ers highlights in my head. Ah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how voices are just synonymous with certain teams and eras. It's, it's amazing. The Bears were 1-5. in five last year on the road what type of test will this be tonight for cal coming in here to face byu well i think it's the general consensus of everybody who follows cal football that if they really want to make sure they have a winning record they need to go three and zero to start the season and whether they can do that you know who know that really depends on tonight because next week is not such a big deal um so uh lower division school but this one is the is a good test for them however Things happen today that make me wonder all the teams that I thought would probably <laughs> beat us, right? I mean, UCLA got clobbered, oh, man. you know? Colorado man, won bad. and looked awful winning. Oh, yeah. I mean, there were all sorts of things that says the Pac-12 is not what we thought it was. So we'll see. Yeah, well, 
The defense made four interceptions last week, which that had to be a big, a big plus. Yeah. yeah, and it stopped a lot. Uh, and Cameron Bynum, I was so impressed with him. He's a returning starter with uh, had four breakups. And uh, tell me a little bit about that defense and uh, how they were able to just dominate. So there was only one first down in the first half for North Carolina. Right. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And I think I said it was. A, it's a very balanced defense. Uh, right now, the the uh, if there are stars, they're the, in the defensive backfield. They got a couple of good linebackers. Evan Weaver and Kanashik are, are the class of the team, without a doubt, as tacklers. But they lost a key guy. Yeah. They lost Cameron Good, and he's he's to me, if he isn't at least all Pac-12, he could even be an All-American. That's how good he is, and we don't know how soon we'll get him back. So there are issues there, and clearly uh, BYU had a great running game last week, and so that might be a real Achilles heel for Cal tonight. What is your overall impression of this BYU team? I think uh, after last year's offensive uh, performance, I think everybody was pleasantly surprised to see 28 points in the season opener at Arizona. As you've studied this team, what stands out to you? Well, I think that uh, clearly you got a good running back. There's no no question about that. I mean, and he's a lo- and we love him in, uh, from afar because he's a local guy. You know, he's from <laughs> yeah, he's from he's the Bay Area. The road, huh? Yeah. So, and how can you pass up a guy with the name of Squally? I mean, <laughs> Squally Canada. I mean, come on. So, uh, yeah. you know, I th- it's clear that uh, you've got some some talent here. There's no doubt about it. Uh, your quarterback has the advantage of being not only a senior but uh, an older player. I think it's his birthday today. It is 25, 25 years today. old. Yeah, yes. Okay. So you've got some areas of uh, veteran talent. And so hopefully for, for the sake of BYU, that'll pay off. Well, the last part of the game is a kicking game. So you had uh, a good field goal last week and one missed. The punt game was averaging about 33 yards a punt. Were that because he was trying to pin them down? Were they in a positive field position? and Or is that was what he was kicking? No, we're very, uh, that's an area to be really concerned about because uh, leaving at the same time the number two punter in history and the number one kicker in history. Oh. Both left at the end of last season. So the new guys coming in, uh, it's all up for grabs to see how good they can be. So, you know, they're optimistic. They've looked good in camp, but that's a, that's a wild card right now. Joe, thank you so much. Great insight. We'll let you get back to your broadcast and have a good call tonight. All right. Delighted to be here, guys. Thanks for asking me. Thank you very much. That is the play-by-play voice of the Cal Bears, Joe Starkey. My one-on-one with right guard Tristan Hodge is coming up a little bit later on in Shep Talk. But next, it's Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to LaBelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah, on the beautiful campus of Brigham Young University. Jason Shepard, Mark Lyons with you. It is the home opener at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. It is also time for Cougar Cuts. And, Mark, we were talking about this earlier, and we were talking with Joe Starkey just a few moments ago. And, again, appreciate his time, the voice of the Cow Bears. Mentioned Squally Canada, and, Mark, he played extremely well last week in the win over Arizona. It wasn't just the three touchdowns that stood out to me. It was the way he was running. I have always thought of Squally as more of a speed back, but he showed us his physicality and his ability to run guys over. And head coach Kalani Satake said they knew Squally was capable of this type of play. He's a senior, and, and he's you know he, he got to learn from Jamal. I think Squally's in, in a position now where he's really doing a good job of leading the, the uh, position group. But I've been really impressed with Squally, the little things, like the pass protection, the pickup, blitz pickup that he had. Uh, he had opportunities to pick up on blitzes and then pass pro and did a great job at it. So uh, we knew he could do this last year, and, and he's worked hard this year, and you know, our offense really trusts him. 
You know, you talk about pleasant surprises, Mark. The way he was running, again, not just the three touchdowns, but the style of running is what impressed me. Yeah, he got through such, you know, he got up on the, the linemen did a nice job of moving and got a nice push, and he got up on their backs and was able to just slide through then and then keep those legs pounding. And I thought he, he did a terrific job in being able to drag. And, and there were uh, first downs that he was picking up on third and shorts that were really important. And you pretty much knew there was a run coming. They had a lot of guys up there to defend him. Uh, and I have to compliment El Bakri, though, at yes. the same time, because El Bakri many times was leading. Those two touchdowns, man alive, El Bakri just <laughs> knocked that guy out of the picture. And uh, so uh, with El Bakri leading him through the holes, and then he just keeps those legs pumping. He did a great job situationally when you have to pick up a first down. Nice one-two combination with Squally and Lopini Katoa. Excited to see what those guys can do tonight. As we mentioned, Cal is not named a starting quarterback. They didn't mention or name one during the week, which means that uh, that we're still waiting to find out who will come out of the tunnel and take the uh, the opening game snaps. Um, BYU will have to prepare because of that for all three quarterbacks that played last week uh, against North Carolina. And linebacker Butch Powell says it's not easy, but they had practiced last week preparing for the Arizona Wildcats who did something similar. It's tough. I mean, watching Arizona's film, just preparing up to that week, we saw that Kalote was the starting quarterback and that their second-string quarterback was almost just as good. I mean, he could get the ball anywhere. He could run as well. And then preparing for the running backs, they had four running backs in their spring scrimmage that we were kind of anticipating to play. And so when you kind of don't know who's a, the starter, you kind of have to prepare for every little thing. And so what we just need to do is make sure that we can do our assignment as asked by our coaches, and then we'll be okay. I mean, that is going to be difficult. I know that there's some similarities within the quarterbacks. Two of the three are, 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 are somewhat similar. There's one that's more of a, of a running option than the other two. But th- that would be a little difficult to not really know who you're preparing for. When you know who the guy is, you can zero in on him. When you don't, you kind of are spread a little thin, I would imagine. Or not, Mark. There's a pause there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was a pregnant pause in that. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know... They're, I think they're, and watching them play, I do think that uh, the second and third quarterbacks were quicker to run. Mm-hmm. They uh, did have a, a play set up for them to be able to run the football. Uh, but I I didn't think they threw accurately at all. I think all three of them had trouble. And so it's going to be interesting. In fact, that's going to be one of my keys to the game that I'm throwing out here early. Ooh, is a little preview. you got to stop the run. You stop the run, and these guys, I thought, had a lot of trouble with accuracy they were all around 50 percent so uh uh, the fact that they all had a little bit of trouble throwing the football now uh garbers didn't get a lot of opportunity not as much as the starter and so uh, uh, if he was in there longer and had a chance to warm up and get into a rhythm it might have been different mark it's it's almost like you knew where we were going with the third and final cougar cut because regardless of who plays a quarterback they're going to have a good running back to hand the ball off to, and that's Patrick Laird. He rushed for over 1,100 yards last season, virtually coming out of nowhere. He ran for 99 yards and a touchdown last week versus UNC. He also caught a touchdown pass, and BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki, he's impressed. Strong run game. I think they were really good, a really good run team. You know, with, with the offensive coordinator and his background, I thought that they'd be slinging the crap out of the ball. Um, 
But I think that they're doing a really good job running the ball. They, I, I think their best player on offense is the running back. He's a, he's a good player, phenomenal player. Um, they're well coached up front. You know, I think they're big and physical up front with their old line, and I think that uh, you know they do a good job managing the game with, with what they have. Yeah, I mean, he almost echoed what you said. I mean, if you if you're able to stop the running game. Looks like that will go a long way on on defense yeah. for the Cougars. I do like a couple of their receivers, but they just didn't. Were you standing next to the pitching machine? The we were. Yeah. Yes. That, yes, we were. Ching ching ching! I could hear the ball flying out of there. Yeah, there are a couple of times where we've actually started interviews a little too close to that machine, <laughs> and we're immediately reminded we probably will want to move in case we want to get hit by a football as the receivers are trying to catch those passes. Yeah. So I agree that uh, I, I think that. Uh, Laird is the guy that you got to key on, and you have to stop him. And he's not at all like the Arizona running backs. No. He's uh, kind of a long-legged stride, uh, hits in there pretty solid, and then uh, he's not going to outrun everybody to the end zone, but he's really a solid runner. Well, two weeks in a row, the uh, defensive philosophy is going to be stopping the run. Last week it was trying to stop the run from the quarterback. This week, a little bit more traditional, stopping the run from the running back. That's Cougar Cuts. And coming up next, I go one-on-one with redshirt sophomore offensive lineman Tristan Hodge in Shep Talk. More Cougar pregame live comes your way after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. It is the home opener for the BYU Cougars. We are coming to you live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Getting you ready for the BYU Cougars and the Bears of California. This week's Shep Talk is with BYU offensive lineman Tristan Hodge. Boy, the offensive line last week played fantastic. That's where I had to go for this week's Shep Talk. Now, Hodge had to sit out last season after transferring from Notre Dame, the Pocatello, Idaho native, paid his dues on the scout team. He put in the work to be ready for this season, and Tristan is BYU starting right guard and was part of that dominant offensive line performance last week in Tucson. I talked with Tristan after practice this week. Here is my Shep Talk with Tristan Hodge. Before we get to talking about last week and looking ahead to this week, I wanted to ask you about something that I, I saw just after practice ended. You and the rest of the offensive line were kind of looked like you were working through some extra drills. You and Thomas maybe working with some of the younger guys. How important is that to what ultimately happens on the field? You know, getting the extra after you know practice—that's the biggest part. I mean, just getting that, getting that little bit more. I mean, even with each other, even if it's us teaching, that's more reps for us. So I mean, every rep that we take, we take with absolute seriousness, and it makes us better every time we do it. By all accounts, everybody that watched the game, tuned in, raving about the play of the offensive line. How do you think you guys did against Arizona? You know, I think we worked as a, well as a unit. And I think that's the biggest thing is when all five are working together, when we're all on the same page, you know, sometimes it's not, not the right page, but as long as we're on the same page, we're, we're going to get, you know, results. And that's the biggest thing. And I think the chemistry between us is, is just going to further and just it's going to go off the wall. You know, one of the things that really stood out to me, and I've talked about this since the game, the physicality, you overpowered Arizona. How much of that do you want to be the MO of this offensive line to just physically 
dominate the opposition. You know, I, I want, you know, all of us, you know, every time that the opponent goes into their film room, we want the first thing that the D-line and the linebacker coach, the defensive coach to say is, this line's going to get after you. And that, we want that to be the first thing out of there. That's the biggest thing. And Coach Pugh stressed the first day he walked in, says this is going to be the toughest and most aggressive offensive line that's ever come through here. And, and you know, we take pride in that, and we, we work hard to produce that. After having to sit out last year, what were the emotions like getting your first start? I'll be honest, it was really emotional, you know, in the locker room before the game, um, go through my little pregame routine, you know, my little mental thing. Um, it was really emotional. And, of course, after the game, you know, that realization that, you know, wow, I just I just got through with my the first full time, you know, here at BYU, and I was I was uh, – I was really excited, yeah, so it was great. I assume your, your parents and everybody were down there. What was it like to share that experience with them? You know, they were great. I mean, my parents have the uh, they have a 69 jersey with Hodge on the back, so <laughs> they're, they're not hard to miss. Uh, <laughs> but, the, but the fact is, I mean, they, they, they were extremely excited, and they were, after the game, you know, they were, they were a little teary-eyed, and it was just good to see, you know, you know, they're happy to see their son out here again. After getting your first start last week, now you're getting your first start at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's the home opener. Fans are energized after last week. This should be a pretty exciting night. What are you looking forward to in terms of playing your first game at Lavelle Edwards? I just think the, the air of playing at home. I think that's the biggest thing when, when it comes to college football. I just love playing at home because we have all of our fans. You know, just the feel of the, the, not, not not to say the comfort, but just the fact that you know it's 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 our home and there's that pressure to protect our house and that that's a big thing. But I'm really excited to play home this week. Coach Grimes was talking about how impressed he's been in looking at the film of the Cal defense, that their defensive line looks really impressive. What have you guys seen when you look at the film of these guys you'll be facing? You know, we, we agree. You know, they, they're very well coached, they're very well disciplined, and they're going to be a challenge for us. But that being said, you know, a challenge is what we want. I mean, there, there's no there's no such thing as no challenge each week. It's going to get harder each week, and we crave that. We love it. I know that last week is last week, and everybody's turned the page, even though we keep asking you about last week. But the opportunity to go 2-0 against P5 teams, regardless of, I guess, P5, just the fact going 2-0, how important is that to you guys right now, especially coming off of last year? You know, that, that's a huge part of our goal this year. You know, we want, we want to be beating the Power 5 teams, you know, being an independent and, and all that. But that's, that's a big staple. If we can do that, then we're going to reestablish our dominance, you know, as an independent and, and through all, you know, BYU will be that name again. I don't know if you guys were even looking for validation, but did – did the performance last week, not just of the offensive line, but the offense in general, did that give you validation, whether you're looking for it or not? You know, I think the entire offense, we had confidence going in that, you know, this is a different year that we're going to have a lot of success. And I think in a sort of way, yes, after that, after how we did, that was a, it was a confirmation. And that's even, that sealed the deal on the confidence that we have in ourselves that we can have success. What's this offensive line group like? Forget like on the field or practice. You guys are hanging out, which I assume you do. What are you guys doing? Oh, geez, we're some pretty weird dudes. Um, I mean, oh, now I'm really intrigued. Oh, yeah, we're, I mean, if we're not eating, we're usually playing, I mean, heck, you can catch like five of us playing Fortnite at a time in the cold tubs. I mean, we, we sit in the cold tubs like we're whales. I mean, beach whales in the cold tubs. But I mean, you know, that, that are, we're watching film. We're not just watching film, we're singing, singing our hearts out. We suck. But you know what? I think that's the biggest thing is that that chemistry that we have with each other, I mean, it's, we play off of one another, and that's the biggest thing. And it seems like there's a lot of that, regardless of the position. It seems team-wide that there's a lot of that type of chemistry. I agree. I th- every, every single person just you know, loves each other as a brother, and that's a huge thing is having that, that relationship with each other as you know, players. It, it strengthens our bond, and it makes us work even better. 
All right, Tristan, I always end uh, the Shep Talk interviews with uh, the final four. All right, I'm really excited to get to your answers on these. All right, first question. What was the last show you binge-watched? Ooh, the last show I binge-watched? Uh, Banshee. I'm still binging it right now. Okay, what's Banshee? So it's a it's a show. Um, it's it's older show. It ended after four seasons. Okay. Um, sealed it up, and it's a, uh, he's a ex-con, okay. and he ends up taking the identity of a police officer in order to reconnect with the lo- his girlfriend from 15 years before and learns that she's all moved on and so he stays and he's, is the sheriff and still commits crimes so <laughs> okay all right if you were granted one superpower what would it be what would you want it would have to be like wolverine's healing ability Ooh. just so i mean you don't have to worry about a thing you go go on the field break your hand you're like ah give me a five give me five seconds i'll be fine but i mean that that's just useful Play with absolute breathless abandon. Yeah, yeah, that's that for for an athlete. That I can certainly understand that. I'm surprised. So last week, Tanner had Tanner Mangum as the as the first guest. He said teleporting. You went with the healing ability. I'm shocked that I've gone two weeks and nobody said flying. Like that would be my number one flying. I know people are like. I mean, I get I get the teleportation. You know, you don't have to fly. Yeah. You go just yeah. bam, Italy. But uh, no, yeah, fly, flying's fun. But uh, I was thinking something that could be more useful than what I do. Okay, no, that totally makes sense. All right, uh, your favorite meal is what? Ooh. Good prime rib with a baked potato. Make sure it's medium rare, though. It's almost dinner time, so talking about food's probably a bad idea right now. Oh, yeah. You know where I'm going after this. <laughs> All right, last question. How has coming to BYU influenced your life? You know, I think it's, it's had a tremendous influence. You know, with this entire family that I've you know had, these brothers that I know I'll be able to count on for the rest of my life. I mean, it's influenced me in a way. It's made me a better man, you know, from classes to football and outside. It's, uh, it's going to have a huge impact on the rest of my life. Tristan, great job. Appreciate the time and good luck against Cal. Thank you very much. That was this talk with BYU right guard Tristan Hodge. Mark, he's fun. He, he's fu- I love interviewing him. He is fantastic with interviews. He's very personable, and he is one heck of a football player. He is. That he is. Uh, yeah, I really like him. He was fun to watch last week. His guys were backing out of there and flying out, and you'd see it was him pushing him on the way. Yeah, he that he was part of that offensive line that played so well. I'm very curious to see how the offensive line plays this week. I I fully expect them to have success again. I think the defensive front of Cal is better than Arizona, but I still think BYU has the edge there. Absolutely. I I, I like the defensive line of Cal. I thought that they are solid. Uh they have lost a, a, a good tackler, one of their outside linebackers, is named Good, and that was bad for them. And they, <laughs> uh, uh, so they'll be playing a, a black backup. But you know, he's not—he's not nothing. You bring in a backup, and he's learned how to play. It's like the—you know—people saying, "Oh, we lost our really good player," and so we had to. It's not like soccer; we have to play without a guy when you get booted. Down a guy. Yeah. All right, we will visit with the boys, Greg Rubel, coming up in about 10 minutes. But first, we will stay with the Big Uglies theme. Mark Lyons is going to chime in on the offensive line. And I I, I almost changed the, uh, the wording of that tease because I didn't want to make it sound like I was saying that Mark was a big ugly. <laughs> that we're staying with the offensive line uh, theme can, was my point. Uh, it was probably bad you know, wording on my part. Mark will chime in on the offens- offensive line when we come back. It's part of Analyze This. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Coming to you from Lavelle Edwards Stadium side of tonight's BYU home opener as they host the Bears of California. It's time for Mark to flex his analyzing skills for Analyze This. And the play of the offensive line was such a big story in last Saturday's win. The entire group played so well. They physically dominated and overpowered the Wildcats. And that's what we're used to seeing from BYU offensive lines. And the dominance of that position has taken a hit in recent years. But since Kalani Satake took over as head coach, the O-line has been under construction. Gone is the leaner, the quicker line. Back are the bigger, more physical players. And credit certainly goes to Jeff Grimes and Ryan Pugh. But credit also goes to former O-line coach Mike Impey, who got the ball rolling with this transformation. Mark, what is the immediate and then the long-term benefits of this offensive line? Well, the immediate uh, benefit is there were no sacks last week. And so uh, Tanner uh, was protected quite well. And also he was able to um, sometimes elude. He was able to get away from pressure uh, because he moves a little bit better. And so I think the immediate thing is that uh, they're very solid in pass protection now. They did a good job against that Arizona. And then uh, I expect to see the same thing today. But also then their run blocking uh, certainly benefit the uh, run run attack. But the long-term effect is think Wisconsin or LSU. That's what you're thinking. Because uh, Coach Grimes comes from that SEC. Coach Pugh played there at Georgia where they were tough, growling, hard-working. At Auburn. Coach Pugh at Auburn. He coached at Auburn? Played at Auburn. Played at Auburn? I'm going to look that up. <laughs> I've had him a bulldog this whole time. Oh man, that that would probably be an insult to him. But in that regard, man alive, he he said I really liked his attitude. He said, "We're not trying to beat Arizona. We're not getting good enough to beat Cal. We're getting good enough to beat everybody." And in the long term, he's expecting that SEC approach to football, that tough, rugged offensive lineman that move people around and you have that power run attack. And so that's what I see coming out of the right now. And, 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 you know, it's not just these five. Those five guys were the only guys that played on the line last week, which was remarkable because Arizona, you know, faded. But uh, they've got great backups in uh, Jimenez and uh, Louis Lapuahu and uh, Salapango and, uh, you know, uh, Harris Lachance. He's a freshman. Kiefer Longson. They – and uh, – these guys are big, 6'7", 305-pound Chandran Herring. So he's got backups that are going to develop and continue this same trend. And I mentioned that towards the end of, of the Bronco Mendenhall era, there was a transformation in the offensive line. They were... they were Go fast, go hard. It was go fast, go hard. They were leaner, they were quicker. And not, not that one is right and the other is wrong, but we're just used to seeing... BYU offensive linemen being bigger and more physical. So it is It is nice to see something familiar from what we're used to seeing historically at that position. All right. And so uh, just in that regard, I found it interesting that BYU huddles only. I like that they do huddle, but they huddle only three yards from the ball. And that's so those linemen don't have to run the full seven yards back and the full seven yards up to the line. They huddle there at three yards in order to let them just turn around, and there they are ready to play. Coming up next, we will visit with the voice. Greg Rubel will join us on Cougar Pregame Live. That is coming your way next. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pre-Game Live. It is the home opener for the BYU Cougars here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The Cougars hosting the Cal Bears. Both teams come into tonight's matchup with a record of 1-0. and oh. Let's quickly pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. Welcome back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Coming up in just a few minutes, we will talk with Mitchell Jurgens. We'll get our view from the sideline. You will also hear from Cal head coach Justin Wilcox. But as we like to do each and every week here on Cougar Pregame Live, we talk with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We call it our visit with the voice. Hello, Greg. How are you? Let's visit. Let's visit. What's it like for you being back here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Last week you got to call the first game of the year, but it was on the road. Now that you're back here, you're seeing the stadium, you're seeing the mountains. Your thoughts? Well, I I always flash back to my first ever BYU home game. And uh, it was in the fall of 1984. I just just spent uh, time walking uh, through the south end zone, uh, just, you know, just south of the end zone before those seats right there. You were and, feeling and it? That's where I sat. Uh, I, I sat in that south end zone. Uh, it was Baylor. It was the Baylor home game in, in, uh, in September of 1984. That was my first ever in-game BYU football experience here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I sat in there as a student with those ever-cherished and prized student tickets back yeah. in the day. Back in the yeah. day when you had to wait uh, in line at the Marriott Center get, to get your student ticket packet. So uh, I just walked past the stands and the seats in which I sat back in the fall of 1984. And uh, as amped as I was that day, as excited as I was <laughs> that day to experience college football and BYU football for the first time, I get as excited for every home opener to start every season, even though I'm doing it now as a broadcaster and not a student fan. So uh, let's do it again. My, uh, I, I was walking down there with intern Aaron, uh, Aaron Fitzner, and he asked me how long I've been doing this. And I said, you have to be a little more specific. Uh, <laughs> well, how, about, how, about the, how about the football play-by-play thing? And this will be my eight, this is our 18th season, uh, Mark and Already. me, t- together doing this. And, of course, I had a few years before uh, that on the crew uh, doing what Mitchell Jurgens now does on the sidelines. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, suddenly the, the years kind of creep up on me, but I've never lost the excitement, the vim and the vigor. Uh, I'm as excited to the, today as I was all those many years ago, and let's let's get it on. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's awesome, Greg. I, 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 should I reminisce just since you did? <laughs> By all means. Please. This is your year to do that. The thing <laughs> that I remember is the first time that I ran in on the field to play in a game. And I, I, it's so vivid to me. It was a night game against New Mexico. And, uh, man, alive. It, I, I, you know, everything's blocked out until I heard Mark Lyons entering the game. <laughs> and uh, maybe that really didn't happen. That was a dream probably. <laughs> <laughs> man, alive. I got in the huddle. We drove down, scored a touchdown. In fact, I scored the touchdown. Oh, my gosh. I tell you, it's, it's, oh, it's awesome. It was just the feeling of, holy cow, I'm in the huddle of a college football game at BYU. Hmm. And uh, it, was, it was remarkable. Great feeling. And I know these guys, uh, maybe we'll ask Mitchell later on, these guys feel the same way when they run out there on the field. 
to take the field. Now I can't run. I have to trot out onto the field. I would trot out onto the field and say, man, this is awesome. Well, we're going to have fifty to 60,000 fans in the stands for this one. It's a late-night uh, kick. Only three games nationally will kick off later than BYU and Cal here tonight. So we're at the tail end of the football day. But uh, no matter what time they kick it off, I'm, I'm always excited to put the headset on and do it here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's so funny. Not that we ever take this view for granted, but, uh, but it, it, people who come to the stadium new, media yeah. members primarily, are blown away. And, and you watch their tweets and you see their pics. They're like, "How can you believe this view? And we get this thing at least six times a year. We've had it for years and years. And I hope we never do take the beauty for granted because it is a phenomenal setting. And the fact that we get to sit up here and do this as, as often as we do, and that Mark says, hey, I get in free, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's, it's all part of it. And, uh, and, and yeah, it couldn't be a better night for, for football, for BYU and Cal. I just finished talking with Kalani Sitake. Yeah, what, uh, what nuggets came out of yeah, that conversation? He, he said, uh, I asked about the, about the kind of week they had, and, and he said it wasn't pretty. He said, but we don't want to be. Uh, he said it, w- it was a hard week of work. And, and he said, again, it may not look pretty, but that's okay. We want it to look rough and ready. And that's what they feel they are tonight. And, and he's amped. And it's just so funny because Kalani will always, even in the, the first few sentences are all about just, he, he's excited like a fan or a player might be to be in this home setting here tonight. He is amped up for it. And you can sense that in the interview you're going to hear here I- in the next hour. And he's excited, too, to get some players in the game that didn't get in the game yeah, last week. Good. He expects to see them now. And these are, I think, potentially impact players for yeah. BYU. I think you're going to see a lot of, uh, of, of rotation in the secondary. Ideally, the guys you put out there are playing well enough. But he feels confident in young guys to give them time here tonight. And he did last week, too. He did, yeah. So, so I think you're going to see a, a, a steady a diet of different guys in the secondary. You hope the ones play like ones and do very well. But he will not be afraid to go... Uh, down the depth chart to some younger players, freshmen and redshirt freshmen, who he thinks are ready for the uh, bright lights. Yeah, as a coach, you know, you just aren't sure yet. It's the second game. You sure you aren't for sure what everybody can do, and so you still have that anxiety of what's going to happen when you show up on the field. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool feeling to be able to do that. And one of the things I think will be a storyline tonight. Now, they uh, Cal has has one exceptional running back in Patrick Laird. But he's almost the only guy they use. And, and I think BYU has more options. And even though they only ran two true running backs last week in Squally and Lopini, those are two pretty good ones. And, and, and even just giving Squally a few reps off and getting some fresh legs in is big. And the fact that you can go deeper than those two is something I don't think Cal can do. The fact that BYU has quarterback certainty and Cal does not, we can't overlook that. The fact that Cal's one of their best, if not their best, defensive player won't play tonight, had a pick six that basically wins the game for Cal last week when it comes right down to it, won't play tonight. Uh, BYU got out of last week more or less healthy. And and, and so I, I think there are a lot of reasons to expect BYU to be in a good position here tonight. It is kind of impressive, though, that uh, Cal has 10 offensive starters returning and eight defensive starters returning. And, uh, you know, there's good and bad to that. It's good because you anticipate that they're going to be better in the next season. But if they weren't very good last year, sometimes you're thinking, oh, man, this is the same guy I got back this year. And, and so it's, I'm really curious to know. I didn't think they performed at a level that I was expecting them to do last week with 18 returning starters. Yeah, it was very mediocre uh, offensively last week against North Carolina. Uh, The yards per play was very low. Laird's yards per play was very low. They ran 81 plays, but for fewer than 300 yards. So if you're under four yards a play, that's not productive offense. And and they did score enough points to win it. They got to 24, uh, held Cal to 17, uh, uh, held Carolina to 17, they scored just, I believe, 18 today, 
in that loss to uh, East Carolina, and East Carolina lost last week to an FCS squad, so we have certain concerns about uh, how good Carolina might be at the end of this thing, and, and Cal did just handle them last week, but not uh, in dominant fashion by the final score. Um, all that said, I, I, th- I think BYU can reasonably expect to be the better team out there tonight. I remember it was probably the beginning of fall camp. I remember having a conversation with uh, defensive coordinator Lysa Tuiaki, and he was talking about the toughness, how he... He just felt like this defense was was tougher. They were more physical, and he loved that. And I've seen that on both sides of the football, and it was so obvious to me in the win over Arizona. The offensive line overpowered Arizona. The defense seemed to do the same with their offensive line. It seems to me that that will be a key to success all year long for this BYU team. If they can be... The more physical team, I think there's going to be a lot of success for this team. And to that end, Jason, I don't know that anybody expected a lot out of Brackenell Bakri or Zach Daw or Earl Tuioti Mariner, just to name three players who were very physical and very integral (laughs) in last week's win down in Tucson. So the fact that you can go to those kinds of guys for the depth that Coach Tuiaki right now has on the D-line, I think he's got to feel good about a good 8 to 10 guys right now, if not more, on that D-line. And I think where BYU can rotate at a lot of different spots on the field right now. I don't know that Cal's that team right now. I think BYU is the deeper team, showed so last week, and I think we'll see more of that depth here tonight. Putt game could be important tonight with uh, their punters averaging 33 yards. Now, here we come to altitude, and he'll probably bang a couple big ones. But uh, He's an Australian, I, but again, a low average. And he got a lot, he got a lot of looks last week, but that yeah. said, they were also a lot of pin looks. Uh, five of his eight punts went inside the 20, so he wasn't going for distance as he was uh, so much yeah. looking for the punt and pin. That said, it was an average of under 34, but I think it really is balanced by the fact that his long was 54. So if he has to uncork one tonight uh, here at altitude, I don't, I don't doubt that the Stephen Coots can get into one. And, uh, and increase that average that he had last week. Uh, their place kicker, Greg Thomas, was one for two last week, uh, good from 35, and didn't come near the uh, crossbar from 47. So, uh, and, and, and BYU feels it's got a guy that can get to the crossbar and beyond from 47-plus. So at some point, at some point, we're going to talk about Skyler Southam <laughs> attempting a field goal of 50-plus. Whether it comes tonight, it'll happen at some point. All right, Greg, last question before we let you go. The stat or something that you will be looking for tonight that will let you know it's been a good night for BYU is what? Well, Cal last week forced three and outs or three and an interception, three downs and a pick in North Carolina's first nine drives. Now, again, Carolina may not be just a very good football team. They've shown so through two weeks. That's pretty good. And BYU had one three-and-out in 11 drives. If BYU is able to keep that three-and-out number as low as it was last week in that one-to-two territory, uh, I I think that's what we're going to need to see from BYU to prove that they are more for real than Cal's defense was for real against Carolina last week. Greg, great stuff as always. Appreciate the time. Mark, great stuff from you. We'll hear both of you coming up a little bit later on in the broadcast. That is going to do it for... Mark and uh, Greg coming up on the other side. It is our weekly conversation. It is our view from the sideline with our sideline reporter, Mitchell Juergens. We'll have more of Cougar pregame live coming up right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. 
Welcome back into Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It is the home opener for the BYU Cougars. BYU hosting Cal. Both teams enter tonight's matchup with a record of 1-0. Always happy to be joined by former Cougar receiver, current sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens. Mitchell, it's good to see you. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. What's now? Look, look. For those of us not lucky enough to ever play football at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, what is it like to play in the home opener? Man, it's it's thrilling. Um, it's humbling. And talk about an adrenaline rush. Um, first off, starting from the bus ride over to the stadium, being able to see and hear the fans as the bus pulls up to the stadium is just crazy. Um, and then you get out of the bus and start the Cougar Walk with the drum line leading the way through screaming fans. Um, it's, it's just such a cool experience. And on top of all that, walking onto the field for warm-ups and then with the team right before kickoff, you know, I got chills every single time. Uh, for me, I had a dream as a kid to play football in this stadium. So every time I got to step foot on the field, especially for a home opener, after you've worked so hard all offseason to prepare for this moment, it was humbling and so surreal. Um, you know, we had early morning workouts in the snow. Um, we were running pass patterns with the quarterbacks over and over again to get the timing right. And a lot of that was done right here in the stadium. We even ran the stadium stairs um, over and over. And so, you know, there's a lot of hard work that would go into the off season. Um, so stepping onto our home field and playing for the home crowd was such an adrenaline rush, uh, especially when this crowd gets as loud as it does. It's, it's an experience that I'll never forget. Just for old time's sake, have you ever considered just running the stadium stairs for the fun of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? It's a, it's a good workout. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can imagine. I will take your word for yeah, it. Yeah. Look, we always hear that a team makes its biggest improvement from game one to game two. With that in mind, where do you expect to see the Cougars improve the most tonight versus last week? Um, I, I'd say in their discipline. Um, so cutting down on the penalties. Uh, last week, they had a lot of penalties, uh, much more than Arizona had. Um, I know the game seemed close there at the end, but if it was a closer game throughout the matchup, I think those penalties cost them the game. Uh, fortunately, they played such a great game from start to finish, and those penalties didn't end up costing them the game. Uh, but I definitely know the coaches did what was necessary to clean up those mistakes before this matchup today. Um, you know, penalties kill drives from an offensive side. Uh, they extend drives on the defensive side. Uh, but I know this team is disciplined enough to clean that up, and I expect to see much less yellow flags on the ground tonight. We heard all offseason about how good this offensive line was going to be, and boy, they, they showed it right out of the gate. We saw it right before our eyes in the season opener. What type of offensive production do you think is possible if this O-line continues to play like they did in week one? Yeah, um, possible, I'd say, you know, an offense that puts up 30-plus points a game. Um, you know, we saw these guys put up 28 points last week, and that was the first game of the season. Uh, they played so well together as an offense, and in my perspective, it was because of the dominance by the offensive line. Uh, you know, the big guys up front set the tone, and if they continue to open lanes for the running backs and provide uh, time and enough protection for Tanner to go through his reads and get the ball out to his receivers and tight ends, you know, we could see a monster season from this team. Um, in my mind, the best part about what we saw last week is how well they played knowing that it was the first game of the season. Theoretically, a team should improve week after week. So, if, you know, if we saw BYU's worst performance of the season, and as I mentioned before, this could be a special season. Talking with Mitchell Jurgens, sideline reporter here. It is our view from the sideline. Jason Shepard with you at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It is Cougar pregame live, getting you ready for BYU and Cal. And speaking of the Bears, they also are coming off a win in their opener. They were at home taking on North Carolina. And 
they struggled last year and, and are looking to be better. And like Arizona, they have good team speed. They're athletic. Until they settle on a quarterback, though, I, I don't think their offense will be consistent. Certainly, they've got a really good running back in Laird, and probably a lot of the offensive load will, will fall on his shoulders. W- what stands out to you about this Bears squad? Yeah, like you said, it's, it's hard for an offense to be consistent when you can't decide on a quarterback. Uh, for BYU last season, the offense struggled as they went from quarterback to quarterback. Uh, for me as a player, I would gain more confidence and felt that I got better the more reps I received. And I'm sure that's the same for most players. Uh, so, yes, if Cal cannot settle on a quarterback, I don't expect much from the offense. Um, their run game can be good, and it is good. But if the pass game isn't there, I, I just think the offense will struggle as a whole. Um, now, to the defensive side of the ball, I mean, these guys are good. Uh, the entire Cal team is led by a very talented secondary who picked off North Carolina four times last week. Um, so these guys are fast, they're athletic, and they have the ability to force turnovers. And now, against a, uh, a team that controlled the ball so well last week and didn't turn the ball over. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested to see how this game will play out. Um, it, in my opinion, it could be low-scoring uh, defensive game, but uh, because both defenses are, are looking strong at this point. I'm really curious to see what the BYU offense looks like in Week 2. We heard during the week that uh, that offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes said they didn't even get to the majority of, or at least half of the the offensive game plan. So there's still so much that hasn't even been unleashed, so to speak. I, I'm really curious to see how much of last week we see and how many new wrinkles there are. Yeah, I mean, when I heard that comment from Grimes, I was just so impressed with how, you know, it felt like they called, you know, a number of different plays and and it all worked. And he, he called them at the right times and, and set guys up for big plays. And, and so, yeah, the fact that it was a limited number of plays that was just on the call sheet for last game, who knows what else they have in the book that they didn't even prep for against Arizona. So, I yeah, I'm excited to see how this offense adapts and, and what kind of playbook they bring against Cal tonight. How many jet sweeps were you involved in during <laughs> your career at BYU? I, I had a few. I had a few. <laughs> um, yeah, I wish, wish that was certainly had. That was certainly a part yeah. of the offense last week and probably will be moving forward. I, I would have loved that in my time a little, <laughs> little more frequently. Um, but, yeah, it was impressive, and that was a positive play for the Cougars last week. And it seemed like every single time – they handed it off on a jet sweep. It was seven, eight yards yeah. on a first down. So that was that was good. You know, tonight would seem to be about keeping momentum if you're BYU. How can the Cougars keep the momentum from last week and then improve on it against Cal tonight? Yeah, I'd, I'd say playing strong in the first quarter would be huge to gain momentum uh, right out of the gate. Uh, they're coming off of a win last week, so to keep that momentum, they need to play well in the first quarter. Uh, I also think one of the keys to keeping that momentum is going to depend on the coaches. Uh, I felt like Coach Grimes and Coach Tuiaki called such great games. Um, I know Greg mentioned this earlier, but the offense had just one three and out, uh, no turnovers, and, and that's huge when it comes to momentum because, you know, in my mind, the two most – I guess momentum swing plays are three and outs and turnovers. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how well the coaches do tonight and um, ex- expecting a lot from, from uh, the Cougars this week. What did you make of Squally's performance? And Mark and I were talking about this earlier in uh, the pregame show. It wasn't the, the three touchdowns or the fact that he, you know, rushed for almost 100 yards. 
I think the thing that stood out to me the most about him was how physical a runner he was. I mean, he was he was not going down at first touch. I mean, he was dragging guys. I, I've always thought of him as more of a speed back, and boy, he showed how physical of a runner he was last week. Yeah, you know, from the first play of the game, we threw a we threw a pla- pass to Squally, which also is is good to see because we haven't seen much of Squally in the pass game. Um, but from that first play, he got you know he, he got the ball he was running up the sideline and he could have easily stepped out of bounds but he took it to the Arizona defender and I think that set the tone and we all got to see you know I think this is Squally's year I think he recognizes this as hey this is my senior year I've got to carry this team um, I have a chance because you know I am I am a the running back and I believe in myself and man he took it to him and, and I was impressed with how he kept his legs moving the entire game and, and, and that was really impressive. Yeah nice one-two punch with him and, uh, and Katoa. I'm excited exactly. to see what those guys can do tonight. Alright Mitchell great stuff as always we will let you get down to the sideline. Uh, appreciate the time and uh, we'll hear you on the broadcast with Greg and Mark coming up a little bit later on. Alright thanks so much. You bet that's Mitchell Jurgen, sideline reporter here on the broadcast. On the other side we go across the field to talk with Bears head coach Justin Wilcox. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Jason Shepard with you at Lavelle Edwards Stadium getting you ready for the home opener. BYU hosting the Cow Bears. If you are in attendance tonight, if you're coming to the game here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, lots of uh, really cool things. One of those is the uh, brand new game day app that you can download regardless of of, uh, the uh, phone that you have. A couple of different ways. Make sure you download that app. There's uh, concessions uh, that you can order through that. There's stats and things that you can get, again, for in-stadium only. But if you're coming to the game, definitely something you're going to want to uh, download and utilize to uh, help increase your enjoyment here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. All right, Bears head coach Justin Wilcox is in his second season at Berkeley. The former Oregon Duck defensive back has had a stellar coaching career thus far with stops at Boise State, uh, Cal previously, Tennessee, Washington, USC, Wisconsin, and then obviously returning to Cal as head coach. Earlier this week, I talked with Justin Wilcox, and here's our conversation. Coach, opening games are always interesting because there are so many unknowns after a long offseason. After the game against North Carolina, what did you learn about your team? Um, well, we uh, really appreciated getting the win, and it's you know really good opponent and had a lot, have a lot of respect for North Carolina and their players and coaches, and it was great to find a way to get a win, uh, but obviously we looked at the tape, and uh, nobody in there felt like we put played our best by any means in any phase you know we had, we did some good things at times but there was just so many things to clean up um, across the board and so it's encouraging to get a win and still be able to look at it that way um, and we know we'll have to play better this week uh, down at BYU. You know it's interesting uh, and I, th- I think you've talked about this in terms of making things a little closer late BYU went through the very same thing you guys are probably both looking at an opportunity to try and once you get those leads to maintain those and not let the opposition uh, get back into it. Yeah absolutely it's about finishing the game and uh, you, there's you know again in every phase <clears throat> we looked at uh, we looked at everything but especially in the fourth quarter offensively what we could have done to finish out the game uh, special teams and on defense, and there was just a lot of plays that were there to be made that we had opportunities to make that we didn't. And you got to give North Carolina credit because uh, they did a good job too, but we, we uh, felt like we didn't finish near as well as we could have, and we'll have to be better moving forward. 
I know when you arrived at Cal, one of the things that you wanted to reestablish was the defensive side of the football. How is that process coming along? I think it's uh, better and better. You know, it, it, in order to be successful consistently, I think you got to play complementary football, and it's offense, it's defense, it's special teams, and um, so we're pushing forward in all three of those phases. And um, I think the guys on the defensive side of the ball, we've improved, but we're still not where we need to be. And um, there's going to be a lot um, to take from last week that we're going to get better at. And it's no different on offense or special teams. I know you've been asked at nauseum about the, the starting quarterback spot. You mentioned on Monday you're still evaluating the position. You may not name a starter until right before the game. Is it concerning or how concerning is it to you that maybe somebody hasn't separated themselves at this point? We're just uh, excited for those guys to compete and get better. Uh, at the end of the day, we're going to do what's best for our team. And if that means <clears throat> playing more than one guy, then we'll do that. If there's one guy that separates himself, then, then great. Um, I think we have a, a competition going there. And those guys did some good things in the first game, but there's a lot of things they could have done better, like every other position. And so we'll continue to evaluate it. And we will not name a starter during the week. Um, but we do have a plan in place. And Again, at the end of the day, we look at look at, at it through the lens of just what's best for our team, and that's what we're going to do. Between the three guys, I mean, you're talking about different skill sets. What, what what can you say about all three guys and what they bring to the table? Well, all three of them are better than they were a year ago. Um, I think Ross Bowers has the advantage of the experience, and Ross can do some good things throwing the football. Um, Chase Garber's had a really, really good offseason, a good fall camp, and um, he... Uh, he can do some things throwing and also in the in the pole game to add a different dimension and then Brandon is the best runner out of the out of the three and um, you know he can do some things with his legs that can create some stress for a defense and so all those guys uh, have been great with their attitudes and, and competing really hard and I know our team's behind whoever's taking the snap uh, but what's most important is that we just keep competing and getting better and and uh, you know move our offense down the field at the end of the day. Happy to have Cal head coach Justin Wilcox joining me here on Cougar Pre-Game Live. Coach, BYU's coming off a road win to start the season at Arizona. What are your impressions of this Cougar team you'll face Saturday night? Yeah, very impressive win. I uh, have a lot of respect for the program, always have. And, and uh, uh, Kalani is a really good coach. they got great coaches there, and they're, uh, they played well. And I'm sure you know, they'll, they'll have stuff that they want to clean up, but they were physical uh, up on both fronts. Uh, they also made plays in the perimeter in the past game and, and in the secondary. So I thought it was uh, – they're very impressive watching the tape. And they've got good players and good schemes, and we know we'll have to play really well Saturday night. You know, there's only one game to go off of in terms of BYU's new offense. And as we mentioned earlier in the conversation, your defense played well against North Carolina. What do you see in terms of that matchup versus your defense and the BYU offense? I think it's going to be a great challenge for our, our guys. Um, they're very physical. They give you a lot of shift in motion and some misdirection. Um, uh, again, big up front, got good tight ends. Uh, got guys, uh, the running backs, doing a really nice job. Um, uh, Mangum is, did, did a nice job throwing the football, and he, he is a very competitive guy. Shoot, I remember him back when I was coaching at Boise State, and he was in high school, so I always had a lot of respect for him. Uh, so, It'll take us playing really well on defense and, um, got a, again, got a lot of respect for what they're doing scheme-wise and the guys, the players that are, that are doing it. 
This will be the team's first road test of the year. What's your biggest concern heading into this week's game in Provo? Uh, just that we have a great week of practice and preparation, and we know it's going to be a, a great environment and always is down there. And uh, we know we got a, our, a great challenge in the team we're playing, but what's really most important for us is, is our preparation to get us ready to play. How is this team in terms of, of their preparation? I mean, you obviously have gone through an offseason and fall camp. How, how well does this team uh, listen, learn, and execute? Yeah, they've done a really nice job since we've been here of trying to do what we're asking them to do. We're not perfect by any means, but uh, you know we've got to con- continue to develop that and the expectations on how we practice and the meetings and taking care of your bodies and nutrition and hydration and all everything that matters, getting to sleep and going to class and just living the lifestyle that uh, that we need to live in order to be successful in all phases. And they've done a nice job. Uh, I wouldn't say we're where we need to be. Uh, we got some younger guys that need to continue to learn and develop those uh, those habits. But that's that's our job as coaches to hold them accountable to doing that. I know you're not going to give away any game plan type uh, things, but what are just a couple of keys for for your guys that you think are just going to be really important this weekend in Provo? Well, I, you know, the one thing I mentioned before is just having a great week of preparation and give ourselves a chance uh, to go play a really good football team. We know it's going to be a physical game. Uh, we know that uh, they got really good players and good schemes, and it'll be a, a hostile environment, a great environment, and that's what college football is all about. So I know our guys will be excited to play, and it's going to be a heck of a challenge. He is the head coach of the Cal Bears. His name is Justin Wilcox. Coach, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jason. There we go, the head coach of the Cal Bears bringing his team into Provo to take on BYU tonight. Now, a couple minutes ago, I mentioned to you that there are uh, some new added experiences here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, talking about some of the new uh, the new boards here that interact with the game day app to make sure you download. Uh, one of the other new things, one of the changes that is being implemented this season at Lavelle Edwards Stadium is the clear bag policy. You may have heard of it if you have not, and you're coming to the game tonight. Just a couple of things you're going to want to make sure that you pay attention to. Uh, Here's what is approved bags that you can bring to the game tonight. Bags that are clear plastic, vinyl, or PVC and do not exceed 12 by 6 by 12. You can also bring small clutch bags that are approximately the size of a hand uh, with or without a handle or a strap. You can also bring in plastic storage bags. You can bring in uh, one clear uh, gallon uh, resealable bag. So those are some of the things that you can bring in. Bags that are prohibited cannot bring in backpacks, no clinch bags, no diaper bags, no fanny packs. So sorry, Jamal, can't bring in the fanny pack. Uh, no purses or tote bags. Those are all things that are no longer, uh, you're no longer able to bring into Lavelle Edwards Stadium. But uh, make sure that uh, if you need any more information, you can go to BYUcougars.com and get uh, information on the clear bag policy. Thanks once again to Justin Wilcox for a few minutes to preview tonight's game. When we come back, we'll look at some other action in college football. Plus, let you know what happened with number three BYU women's volleyball in Milwaukee. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, the home opener. BYU and Cal coming your way 
in about uh, about 40 minutes, we will have the call for you. Greg Rubel, Mark Lyons, Mitchell Jurgens on the sideline. In the meantime, let's update you on some other action. We'll get to college football in just a second. Want to let you know how number three BYU women's volleyball fared today. They were in Milwaukee, part of the Marquette Invitational. They were actually taking on number 25 Marquette. Things started out a little shaky. Uh, Marquette took set one, 25-23, and then led by, I believe, seven points in the second set. BYU rallies to take set number two, 25-22. They then win the remaining sets, 25-20 in set three, 25-14 in set four. They win the match three to one. So in the three matches that BYU women's volleyball played uh, this weekend, they lost one set. Number three, Cougars, uh, just playing phenomenal volleyball. Exciting to see this team. Uh, will be exciting to see where this team goes when the rankings come out uh, next week. All right. Other local action in uh, college football. I'm sure uh, you're probably curious as to how Utah is doing on the road at Northern Illinois. The first half was quite ugly. It was a 3 nothing lead for Northern Illinois at halftime. They are 5.41 to go in the third quarter. Utah has the ball with a four-point lead at 7-3. Also, Southern Utah on the road at Oregon State. They are nearing halftime, and the Beavers leading the T-Birds 38-7. Utah State is at home hosting New Mexico. Aggies with a 26-10 lead. Also, uh, Weber State on the road at Cal Poly Wildcats with a 73-7-3 lead with about 14.50 to go in the first half. Top 25 action. Uh, we will go with games going on right now. Beginning the fourth quarter at Texas A&M, number two Clemson has a 28-13 lead over the Aggies. It is LSU. Number 11 in the country with a 24 to nothing lead over Southeastern. Halftime, number 7, Auburn leading Alabama State 42 to 2. In the third quarter at number 25, Florida, Kentucky has a three point lead at 13 to 10 over the Gators. Halftime at Pitt, number 13, Penn State with a 14 to 6 lead. Number 17, USC at number 10, Stanford, the Cardinal leading the Trojans by a score of 7 to nothing. That is a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get head coach Kalani Satake's thoughts on today's game. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans. And for the first time in the 2018 season, we welcome you inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the BYU Cougars home opener as the Cougs clash with Cal in this late Saturday night showdown with both teams trying to get to 2-0 on the season. I'm your play-by-play broadcaster, Greg Rubel, alongside the former Cougar quarterback, the Arvada Flash himself, the legendary Mark Lyons. And uh, Mark, if, if last week Cougar Nation was filled with equal parts excitement and uncertainty before the Arizona game, a week later... It's now equal parts excitement and hope because last week's 28-23 win at Arizona was actually more comprehensive than the final score might indicate for a first game with a new play caller against a team uh, with a lot of returning talent at least. BYU looked very sharp and suddenly altered the outlook a bit for the early part of the season. Well, first of all, it is great to be back in Lavelle Edwards Stadium and for the home opener. And man, the clouds are just beautiful. They're turning pink as the sun is setting. Uh, I tell you, 
I think it's so interesting, Greg, how our minds work. Most people were hoping for a split in the first two games. And now you win the first one, all of a sudden your mind says, hey, let's win them both. You know, that's what I'm, my mind is saying. It's kind of like my grandkids. They ask for candy and ice cream. And I tell them, you know, you can only have one, but you can't have both. So as soon as they finish whatever they chose, they ask for the second one. And, you know, a good thing about this comparison is that I usually give them the second treat. So <laughs> I do think then that because of that, there's a good shot that BYU is going to win this game today. So uh, Cal brings some challenges. Even though their opener was pretty ho-hum, especially on the offense, you know, I felt as though uh, uh, I, th- I think that they have some skills and they have some talent. It's going to be an interesting game. So with BYU coming off a good performance against Arizona and a solid week of practice, yeah, I hope, uh, a nice warm evening. You got 60,000 fans, maybe 55, maybe 54,000 stands out there. Ah, the beautiful sky. Nice evening game, ESPN2. Greg, my boy, what a great day for a football game. That's Mark Lyons, who's a great granddad. (laughs) Coming up next, we'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake before his third home opener as the Cougars head coach as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to hear from the coach of the Cougars. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Here once again is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Well, for the fifth time in BYU football history, the Cougs facing Cal on the gridiron. It's the second all-time meeting in Provo back in 1999 when Tom Holmo was the head coach of the Bears. Cal came to the stadium and lost 38-28 two seasons later. BYU went to Berkeley and won big. Cal got one back in the 2005 Las Vegas Bowl, and then BYU won the last meeting four years ago on the road. So BYU leads the all-time series 3-1, 3-0 in the regular season, making Cal the only team in the Pac-12 without a single win over BYU in the regular season. We'll see if the Cougars can keep that fact intact tonight. Head coach Kalani Sitake rightfully celebrated last week's season-opening win in Tucson. It was a hard-earned victory that capped a months of hard work and preparation to get BYU back on track after that 4-9 campaign last year. But almost as soon as Kalani came off the field in Tucson, his thoughts had turned to tonight and week two with Cal. In our pregame conversation now with Kalani Sitake, brought to you by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. I asked Kalani for some insight on his home opening night headspace. Yeah, excited. I mean, I just walked through the uh, the Cougar walk and, you know, our, our players are really excited for it. And so, um, yeah, I, th- I think our fans are ready to make some noise. It seems like they're just they're antsy, you know, so um, uh, we'll try to give them what they want. And, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But I know it's a home opener. There's a lot of guys playing their first snaps um, in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And uh, so I think it's going to be pretty electric. And hopefully we can get uh, get our guys going and start fast. How good a work week was it for your guys? Really good. I mean, we, we, we pressed really hard. Um, I can't say it was a pretty week because uh, we don't really care about looking good in practice. We want to look good in, on Saturday. So we gave our guys a lot of hard looks, um, a lot of difficult positions, but hopefully that pays off. It, it worked well in the first game, and um, you know, hopefully we can play a lot better and improve from game one to game two. Um, and then I, I'm looking forward. I think it was a great week of preparation. The players p- feel prepared. 
with a game plan and the scheme from, from all three phases, and so we just need to go out and execute and have fun tonight. What kind of betterments or improvements are you looking for here in Week 2? Well, I mean, obviously you, we talk about the, the penalties and things like that, and, and that was mostly the defensive side, uh, playing a little bit more um, disciplined, you know, and uh, and so I, I wouldn't um, – it, it's weird because the categories of, of penalties, that happens, mistakes happen in the game, but uh, I think um, for us it's just the, the boneheaded ones that you can control. I think um, – in the, in the game, you know, late hits and things like that, we, we really we shouldn't be in that. And the substitution ones, obviously the PI, we had three PIs, and I'd uh, like to improve on that. But um, I think for the first week and for how much throwing they did, I don't think that's too out, 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 you know, too out there. But I think uh, it would be nice to just come away with some, you know, Khalil Tate threw up a lot of lobs and we should have we came down. A lot, yeah. yeah, so we should come down with those and hopefully uh, we get those opportunities tonight. Offensively last week, you scored 28. Did you think there was more out there? Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, I think the um, we, we, we can we can always improve on our, you know, on our on our execution of some of the plays and maybe get it down to our third and longs more more manageable um, because I think that's when, when it's, when they don't know if a pass or a run's coming, then I think it, it, we were able to get them a little bit off the, on their heels, you know, and, and be able to play our type of ball. Plus, I, I always lean towards going for it on fourth down. So it kind of, you know, in the back of Coach Grimes' head, I think he knows that he can, he can, he he'll have that as insurance. So, um, yeah, that's that's what we're going to see, and and I, I hope our guys can perform tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm just looking forward to being at home and and being in this in the stadium that I love and the, named after a guy that I absolutely love. As many guys who got touches last week on offense, uh, whether in the backfield or wide receiver, there are more guys that you can still play. Yeah, I mean, we, we've added some guys that, that have uh, been healthier. You know, we, we didn't get to see a lot of our running backs that that we feel good about our core. But, but I mean, it all depends on how we can get in a position to win the game. That's all that matters. And um, I think last week Tanner did a good job of spreading it out because he was going through his, his read progression. He wasn't worried about what the matchups were. He was actually going – and looking at what was open. And so that was really important for us. I think it's going to be important for us for him to do the same thing. That's why he was error-free and didn't throw any interceptions. I can't say error-free like that, but he, he, you know, we didn't get turn the ball over uh, trying to force something that wasn't there. Are you pleased with how he did go through his progressions and how he let the game develop that way? Yeah, especially in the second half. I think he was really efficient in the second half. The first half we, we um, missed on a couple throws, and I, I think it's just – uh, maybe first game jitters, you know, but the second half we'd like to see that guy around for more, you know, for more plays. And um, to be honest with you, you just need to start fast. I like to see our offense get a rhythm and get something going. Um, it doesn't really matter if we run or throw the ball. I just like to see us get get some, uh, you know, march down the field a little bit and, and get some first downs. What do you expect out of Cal this evening? Well, I mean, they're they're coming off of a win and um, they're an athletic group. You know, I think they're going to try to establish the run game, regardless of who the quarterback is. We're looking to see Bowers at the beginning, um, but we'll see how they mix in the others. But um, I think Coach Wilcox has said they're going to use all three, so uh, we're planning for that. But, you know, I think uh, for us, we just need to handle the run game early because they're going to try to establish an identity in the run game. And if we can do that, I think uh, I like our chances. They really didn't let Carolina get going last week. Carolina might struggle a bit this year, as we've seen, but uh, first nine drives for Carolina were either three and out or three and a pick. And so uh, Cal's defense set a pretty early tone. Yeah, and, and they, they, they forced four turnovers last week. And so um, they do a lot of things on defense with a lot of slants, a lot of movements, a lot of pressures, and different style of pressures. And so hopefully we can, we can um, put them in a position where it, it, um, makes, it allows them to make mistakes and then uh, forget who they're covering. We do a lot of things pre-snap, too, with our shifts in motion. So it will be kind of a, a fun chess game to see who, who's in a better position to have success. And 
Uh, I like the way our, our, our game plan is going. I like our preparation, so we'll, we'll see what happens tonight. Finally, you've clearly got a confident team after week one, but I sense that it's a team that's not taking anything for granted, and they want to work as hard as they did for, for the second as they did the first. Exactly, and that was a message right in the locker room. You know, after we won is to stay humble and stay hungry, and that's uh, I, I was really pleased with the guys' effort um, this week, and I, I'm, you know, I'm literally looking forward to this game tonight. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm ready to roll. We look forward to it too. All right, Kalani, thanks for your time. We'll talk to you after the game. Thanks, Greg. Let's go. That is BYU head coach Kalani Satake. Title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Our look ahead to the Cougars and Cal continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to the Cougar Kickoff Show. The Cougar Kickoff Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Utah Honda Dealers and by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo for the BYU Cougars 2018 home opener. BYU 9-3 in its last 12 home lid lifters. Three of the nine wins have been against Pac-12 opponents. The last such win came against Washington State in the first game of the Mike Leach era back in 2012. Greg Rubel with you, working with broadcast partner Mark Lyons, engineer Barry Squires, statsman Ralph Sokolowski, spotter McKay Perry, pregame, halftime, postgame host Jason Shepard down on the field, former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Filling out the rest of tonight's broadcast crew, BYU radio engineer Sean Fay. Broadcast producer is Terry South. Associate producer Cole Wissinger. Control board operator Nathan Israelson. Our broadcast interns today are Lindsey Peterson and Aaron Fitzner here at the stadium. Sterling Richards and Brigham Harris at the BYU radio studios. Great to have you with us on the new skin BYU Sports Network. We are on BYU radio, Sirius XM 143, coast to coast on satellite and 89.1 FM HD2 in northern Utah. Also on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. And on our BYU Sports Network affiliates in Utah and Idaho. Online, we are heard on BYURadio.org, BYUCougars.com slash live radio, and KSL.com. And you can get us on the BYU Radio app, the BYU Cougars app, the KSL app. And for fans hearing us at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, exclusively in the stadium on the new BYU Game Day app. So you make sure you get that tonight. However, you are tuning us in. Really happy you've joined us. And if you're still on your way to the stadium, be aware of the new clear bag policy in effect. All bags entering the stadium must be clear and no larger than 12 by 12 by 6 inches. And for guests without bags, express entry is available at the outer entry lanes of gates 1, 3, 5, 6, and 11. Well, from clear bags to sacks. And let's hit on the fact that last week in Tucson, with three new offensive line starters and a new O-line coach working under a new offensive coordinator, the BYU front five gave up zero sacks and got excellent push in the run game as BYU ran for more than a buck 80. Yes, there were five O-line penalties to clean up, but Mark, it was a very promising start for that group under new coach Ryan Pugh. Well, say there were no sacks, that's a great stat, you know, and I think it's good for two reasons, Greg. Number one, the offensive line gave Tanner good protection, picked up blitzes quite well, and then Tanner's improved mobility helped him escape pressure when uh, they weren't able to get to him. And so uh, I thought the run game was greatly improved by the good push up front. 
and the backs ran hard. I thought all of those things went together really well. And something that uh, maybe was I noticed, but I certainly didn't give it enough attention, was the blocking of Braden Elbakri. Man, you know, I know I didn't say enough, so I'm saying it now. The O-line and Elbakri were great on goal line rushes, third and fourth downs. And as you've noted, Greg, there were only five players that were used throughout the entire game against Arizona. Five offensive linemen. And the Arizona team just started to melt in the heat, and BYU's foundation got stronger late in the game. More of the Cougar Kickoff Show coming up after the break after I tell you that this season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal BYU makes this year, Mountain America will donate $500 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. This is BYU Football live from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff show continues. Let's head back to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth with Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the BYU campus here in Provo for the Cougars and Cal. BYU coming off a 28-23 win in their season opener last week at Arizona. In that win, BYU shared the wealth. Ten players at catches, seven players at carries, and the Cougars dominated time of possession 36-30 to 23-30 in the second half. Arizona had the ball for less than eight minutes. And while the Wildcats made interesting uh, things by scoring uh, two fourth-quarter touchdowns, they gave the ball back to BYU with under four minutes to play, and the Cougars had to make first downs to seal the deal. That they did, running their four-minute drill to perfection. Mark, uh, Coach Grimes says one of the toughest things to do is move the chains when the opponent knows you're likely to just run the ball. But that's what BYU did to kill the game and get the win. That's a confidence booster. Boy, you know, it was very impressive. Uh, When a team's looking at third and seven and the clock's running, it's a hard call for the offense to choose run and keep that clock going or try and complete a pass to make that first down. Uh, If the throw is incomplete, the clock stops, obviously. The opponent will get the ball back, and the quarterback could get sacked or throw a pick. You know, running on third and seven, you know, it's pretty tough to think that you're going to be able to run it against a team that knows you're going to run. It's like running into a wall. So it's a hard call to make. BYU ran it on third and seven. Squally Canada followed El Bakri into the opening in the line and pounded his legs for nine yards, which uh, I just thought was... It was kind of like me making a 25-foot putt. That just doesn't happen. So Squally did a nice job to pick up that first down and then ice the football game. When you make that putt, your opponent also knows they're in trouble at that point. So (laughs) uh, time for a break and time for You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's today's football rules scenario. In the final minute of the game, the offensive team ball carrier is tackled a defensive player goes to the ground with an injury and the officials stop the game clock which shows eight seconds remaining the defensive team has no timeouts remaining what is the clock ruling on this play the answer coming up next as the cougar kickoff show continues from lavelle edwards stadium on the new skin byu sports network getting you geared up for game time this is the cougar kickoff show now back to mark lyons and the voice of the cougars greg rubel And let us pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. 
All right, so we are back at uh, Provo's Lavelle Bridge Stadium for BYU and Cal. Both teams 1-0 after wins last week. In both games, the opponents scored two fourth-quarter touchdowns to take comfortable wins and make them a little less comfy, but a win is a win, and BYU in particular picked up a big one. Time now for the answer in today's NCAA football rules question on You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Here is the football rules scenario. Final minute of the game, the offensive team ball carrier is tackled. The defensive player goes to the ground with an injury, and the officials stop the game clock which shows eight seconds remaining. The defensive team has no timeouts remaining. What is the clock ruling on this play? Well, here's the answer. The offensive team has the option of a 10-second runoff. If the offensive team accepts the option, time in the half and the game is expired and the game is over. You be the judge, presented by Legally Mine. So you can get legally into Lavelle Edwards Stadium this season. We remind you of the stadium's new clear bag policy. All bags entering the venue must be clear and no larger than 12 by 12 by 6 inches. For guests without bags, express entry is available at the outer entry lanes of gates 1, 3, 5, 6, and 11. Let us get now the final strains of our national anthem. All right, well, so much of last week's pregame storyline centered on how BYU would defend Arizona's quarterback, Khalil Tate. The answer was very well. It was Tate's least productive start to that point by a wide margin. There were plays that gave him the option to run the ball, but space in which to run the ball was rarely there. Mark, solid game plan, keyed by a big and sturdy spy in Corbin Kofusi, who won't always have that kind of assignment, but uh, he fulfilled it expertly enough last weekend. Cal doesn't have those kinds of players at quarterback, so the nature of today's challenge is different. Yeah, absolutely, but uh, last week against Tate, I just thought they were great. Uh, Last year, Tate ran for an average of 14 times in a game, and for over 128 yards a game, and he scored 12 touchdowns in the season. Against BYU, had eight carries for 14 yards. So they did a great job of reducing and taking away gaps for Tate to use his speed. Uh, I was surprised that Arizona seems to be changing their offense that reduced Tate's opportunities to run. But tonight, the threat of quarterbacks running isn't nearly as great. And so, yeah, we will see a different kind of style of defense. And this time, uh, in this game, Kafusi is going to have a better opportunity to put on a pass rush. That is Mark Lyons. And by the way, if you're at the venue tonight here at Lavelle Everett Stadium, you've bought yourself a game program, go to the final page of the program, page 84, for a profile of my good friend Mark Lyons. It is Mark's final season on the headset. And Jordan <laughs> Christiansen of the BYU Football Media Relations Office did a nice job writing up a little bit. There's so much more to say about him, but a little bit about Mark Lyons. So go to page 84, final page of our game program, and read more about Mark. Coming up, sideline reporter Mitchell Juergens at field level as our pregame coverage of BYU and Cal continues live from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so BYU's 2018 season opener coming up at 20 past the hour. The moments away, it's the first meeting between BYU and Cal since the final game of the regular season in 2014 when the Cougars beat the Bears in Berkeley 42-35. It was a wild game and a big game for our new sideline reporter, Mitchell Juergens, who that day at Memorial Stadium hauled in seven passes for 107 yards and two touchdowns. Let's bring in Mitch now from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. First up, what are your recollections from that last game against the Bears? Hey, it was a a fun game. Um, I actually remember that game. So the first pass that was thrown to me, I dropped. Um, And I remember coming back to the the sideline and thought, man, you you know, you got to pull it together and 
And then I, I went on to have, you know, one of my better games, seven catches, a couple touchdowns. But the, the thing that I remember most about that game was just how, um, was how intense and, and back and forth it was, but um, how we stayed together as a team, came out with the victory, and, and that was a huge win on the road. Second, Mitch, while today's game doesn't necessarily scream shootout on the surface, what impressed you most about BYU's wideouts last week, and how much uh, did you sense that there's a, a whole lot more to BYU's pass game than we saw last season and, and last week even? Yeah, last week they made plays, uh, especially when we needed it most. Uh, the biggest play that stood out to me was the Dylan Colley third down circus catch. You know, not only was that huge for the offense and the team, but I think that's what was needed for the wideout crew. Um, somebody stepped up and made a huge catch, which automatically instills in others the feeling that they can make something happen as well. Uh, I remember as a player seeing my teammates make huge momentum swing plays and then me having the confidence knowing I can make those plays too. You know, I wanted in on some of the action. So, um, yeah, I mean, making plays is contagious, and we saw that last week. Uh, to answer your second question, there's definitely a lot more we'll continually see from the past game. Um, we didn't see too many shots down the field. Uh, we also only saw... Dylan Colley and Talon Shumway with one target. Akile Davis wasn't targeted. So I think there's a lot of guys that they can also utilize even more um, to you know, see a big week in the pass game. Good stuff, Mitch. Thank you. Time now for today's Ken Garf Keys to the Game, brought to you by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen. And Aura. Mark Lyons, what do you have? Well, I believe that field position is going to be important. You want to get field position early in this kind of a possible close game because uh, last week, uh, Cal punted eight times and North Carolina punted seven times. So with all those kicks going on, you want to be gaining ground on each of those punts to be able to get a shorter field and the opportunity to score. Secondly, I think they need to target the tight end more often. They're key receivers. They're important players. And uh, they just had uh, one catch for uh, uh, Holker and also one catch for Bushman. Bushman. Yep. And so uh, stop the run. They have three quarterbacks that completed 50% of their passes for 119 yards. The pass game doesn't seem to be a threat. So if you stop the run and put Cal in a position that they have to throw, I think they'll have a hard time. Now I'm leaving the turnouts again, turnovers off again, Greg, because turnovers are always an impact. And last week Cal had four of those. But uh, I think that BYU has to play clean and, again, want to be on top in the turnover game. Cal had four takeaways in that game, plus four on the day. Coin toss, kickoff coming up. This has been the Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.